0: Welcome to our podcast series, Elected Ed, in which we talk about issues affecting the everyday governing environment for local elected officials throughout North Carolina. We're coming to you from our studio here at the UNC School of Government in Chapel Hill. I'm Patrice Rossler, Manager of Elected Official Programming here with the school's Center for Public Leadership and Governance. Today, we're talking about workplace culture, and that's not about the pictures on the walls or the music in the elevators. It's a much less tangible element of the reason people want to work for you. And it's gotten a lot of discussion in public workplaces since coming back from COVID. I'm joined by my colleague, Leisha DeHart Davis, who is a fellow of the National Academy of Public Administration and director of the School of Government's Local Government Workplaces Initiative, who's done research in this area. Leisha, tell me about the Local Government Workplaces Initiative.
1: So the Local Government Workplaces Initiative is a research program here at the School of Government that seeks to help local governments create great workplaces primarily by listening to employees and helping local governments act on that employee feedback. So we offer a wide range of services, from employee surveys and focus groups to interviews and data analysis.
0: So it sounds like the Workplaces Initiative helps local governments improve their culture. What is workplace culture? Culture means the values that are reflected in
1: organizational practices. Take, for example, a city providing parental leave. That sends a signal that it cares about the mothers and fathers in their workforce. Uh, Remote work suggests a local government trusts its employees to get the job done. The thing to know about culture is it can be very difficult to measure because you can't see values. We really infer them from organizational practice.
0: So that's the less tangible aspect of
1: it. Absolutely, less tangible aspect of it. So another way of thinking about culture is in terms of workplace climate which is what the workplace looks like through the eyes of employees. Um, And the thing about climate compared with culture is that it can be measured by talking to employees, whether it's in surveys or interviews or focus groups.
0: So that's how it helps you with your uh, research work then uh, to get the data that we need to show that it matters. Absolutely. And not
1: only do we show it that it matters within individual local governments in North Carolina, we're also starting to work outside North Carolina as well.
0: Why does workplace climate matter, Leisha? Does that in any way relate to organizational performance?
1: Absolutely, and here's an example. When employees perceive the workplace as fair and inclusive, they're more likely to be committed to the organization and they're less likely to want to leave. So not all voluntary turnover is bad, but in general, turnover has been shown to lower organizational performance. Organizational commitment has also been shown to increase performance. So I think the thing to keep in mind with workplace climate is people's perceptions translate to their behaviors, and that can affect the effectiveness of a local government.
0: So when we talk to the elected officials about being a high-performing board, is that another piece of becoming a high-performing organization?
1: Absolutely. Your employees need to feel uh, like they belong and that the organization is fair and a lot of other things. There are about 100 things that can go into how an employee feels about an organization. And so, um, all of those are absolutely a part of creating a high-performance workplace.
0: How would the elected officials know if their workplace culture needs attention?
1: Well, first of all, I would ask your manager, the manager of your local government, whether they have any workplace issues that they're working on, and then ask how you can support them in that work, whether it's through funding an employee survey or uh, the manager doing listening sessions around the uh, organization. You know, electeds can also hear it from employees, but elected officials should be really careful not to end run internal processes for resolving conflicts.
0: That's a great point, Leisha, because sometimes elected officials come into office with a whole cast of characters that they have known before in their lives. And often if you For example, go to church with somebody who works for your local government agency. You might have a friendship and a relationship with them, and they'll come to you and say, oh, let me tell you about what's going on at work. Right. Yeah, and And that's that's hazardous.
1: And, you know, that's human nature for that to happen. Elected officials just have to be careful that they're not crossing a professional line.
0: Right, and those barriers can be very hard to... um, Establish in relationships that you've had previous to your elected office. So that leads me to ask another question Does the workplace climate affect? the public so we're talking about public agencies here not private agencies how does it if it does affect the public
1: absolutely climate affects the public Um, and the way that it does so remember let's go back to the climate of the workplace it's how employees perceive their work environment and remember employees perceptions affect their behavior particularly with regards to how well they do their jobs and effective public service delivery requires committed competent public servants it's not hard to see the pathway between the climate of the organization and how a local government employee interacts with community members on the front lines.
0: Sounds a lot like that's touching on customer service as well. Is there, through the Workplace Initiative, any training modules or templates for how to take a group of employees And teach them the culture that you want to infuse throughout the organization. If, for example, the elected board thinks, maybe we need to up our game with our workplace culture. Are there ways to train employees on evolving to a new kind of culture?
1: I don't know that it's a matter of training employees as it is socializing them. And you can socialize employees in a wide variety of ways. You can talk about mission and vision in meetings. You can plaster it all over your campus in posters. You can laminate it on the back of employee ID cards. But the main thing is to really talk constantly about the mission and talk about the values. And if you think about this values, when local governments put their values in writing, what they're doing is they're really formalizing the culture.
0: Got it. And the writing of it is what starts to instill it in people because you see it around you all the time and you actually start to live it. Absolutely. Interesting. What could or should the elected officials do about workplace climate for their local government, Leisha? So
1: first and foremost, uh, elected officials should support the manager in addressing workplace culture and climate. So that might be, and I mentioned this before, that could be an employee survey. That could be an employee task force on engagement. There are lots of ways that uh, employees can be involved in the organization that elected officials can support. I would also urge elected officials to remember that employees watch what you say very closely, and they interpret your words as signs of their value and worth to your local government. And finally, when employees come to you with issues The first thing that you should ask them is, have you talked to your supervisor or your department head or your manager about this? I mean, it's understandable to want to help employees as an elected official, but you've got to be careful not to micromanage your city or county manager.
0: Or to go around the chain of command. Or to go around the chain of command. Right. So I'd like to explore that just a little bit more, Alicia, with you, because If you're on an elected board where maybe the workplace climate isn't a topic of conversation, maybe you're just starting from scratch and you're curious about whether you even have a workplace identity, what's the first step for an elected official I would talk
1: with the manager. Talk with the manager. That's always
0: going to be your okay. first step
1: is to talk with the manager and say, you know, I'm one of my interest areas is the welfare of the employees. Is there anything that I can do to support you in creating a positive workplace climate where people want to stay?
0: So it could come up in the context of employee retention and recruitment, even.
1: Workplace climate is actually a recruitment and retention tool. Think about this. Local governments can only throw so much money at salaries and benefits and things like that. At some point, employees will walk away from money if the workplace climate is not desirable.
0: That's a super point. Leisha, because I understand that even at a recent conference with the city and county managers, they were really concerned collectively about this issue of worker retention and recruitment, especially in the positions that relate to life safety, like your EMS workers, the police, child support workers, child uh, welfare workers, where there's a really high turnover rate right now. And uh, what else to do other than just keep raising the salary, which means they end up competing with other local governments for the talent that they need. It sounds to me like workplace climate is one of those things that doesn't cost anything, but it might make a huge difference in their turnover.
1: Absolutely. And it doesn't have to cost anything, but there are investments that a city or county can make in workplace climate, like I mentioned, through the employee survey, focus groups, interviews, even listening sessions where you bring food to encourage people to come.
0: Yes. So you have some investment in in finding out what your workplace climate is like and whether or not there are things that you could do to up your game there. Yes. Um, Rather than just focusing on we've got to get into competition with our neighbor next door to pay you know, another $50 or offer another benefit uh, to attract them to our positions. Well,
1: I have to say that employees have not been driving this bus prior to COVID, I would say. For the first time in a long time, they're in the power seat. It's really an employee's market out there right now. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. You should be paying your employees what they're worth on the market.
0: That market might, in some positions, even include the private market. You're not just competing with other public agencies, in other words. Sometimes you're competing with the private sector, and those competitions can get really pricey. So anything that a local government can do and a local government board can do to make their workplace more attractive is something that they should focus on. Yes, Beyond saying that they value their employees, what else can the elected officials do to show that they do value their employees? I think the first thing
1: that elected officials can do to show that employees are valued is to be aware of the wages that are being paid and make sure they're at least at market value. That's kind of a fundamental need that people have to have a living wage. In some local governments across North Carolina, employees are paid so little that they're picking up second jobs on the side. And that doesn't serve anyone's needs. The local government or the employees, it's going to burn out the employees. It's going to have the result in the local government getting probably a lower level of performance. Mm -hmm. Um, And so being aware of that pay element and where they are at with market value. So that's one thing. I would say the second thing is to send supportive messages to employees. As I mentioned before, employees listen very carefully to what elected officials say, and they interpret their value and worth um, in light of those words. So make sure that what you're saying is supportive and not negative negative. Another thing is to go out and meet employees on the campus. Now, I would do this with the manager's blessing and with the manager in the loop. But I know from talking to many, many, many local government employees that they really appreciate when elected officials show up and show an interest in what they do and how they do it. So that's a third thing I would say.
0: That's a great point, Leisha, because elected officials to a local government employee, they're people in power. And they can be very intimidating and it makes a difference for the employees to feel like they matter to somebody in those kind of powerful positions that really makes them feel valued in a way that just words doesn't.
1: Absolutely. You know, another thought that just came to me is that uh, elected officials, sometimes employees at council or commission meetings, will bring ideas forth whenever they're presenting on, you know, their subject matter expertise, that's another actually opportunity for elected officials to not dismiss what the employee is saying, not dismiss it out of hand, and to actually listen. And regardless of whether you agree or not, express appreciation for that employee bringing the idea forward one thing you hear from local government employees in some cities or counties is that elected officials will be dismissive of their ideas and shoot it down without giving any consideration. To the extent that you can listen carefully and show appreciation for ideas and then actually seriously consider them, I think that can go a long way towards showing employees that they're valued.
0: So, Alicia, it sounds to me like what you're saying is that when an employee is in this kind of public arena, which we all know the meetings take place in public, they're open, anything can happen... It would be important for the elected officials to express appreciation for the expertise that's being brought for new ideas, if they're generating new ideas, or at least to thank them for their commitment to their field of expertise so that they get some recognition for what they're contributing to the local government. Exactly. Thank you so much, Leisha. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to our conversation today?
1: I think to sum our conversation up, Patrice. I would encourage elected officials to think of workplace climate and culture as a recruitment and retention strategy, because you can invest all the money you want in increased pay and additional benefits. But if the workplace climate is less than desirable, you will not keep people and you will not attract people. A second thing I would say is to support your managers and their workplace climate improvement efforts. So when managers come to you with ideas for improving workplace climate, support them. Seek to understand the workplace climate issues that they're facing. Finally, pay your employees a living wage. I think that may be the most important thing. Elected officials should understand where their local government fits in terms of the competitiveness of their wages. And seek to at least make them at the market.
0: And if they need help with that, Leisha, where would they go? So for counties, the school
1: of government produces a North Carolina county salary survey. You can find that on our website, just Googling it. The League of Municipalities also has salary data that's collected by a survey for cities. So I think between those two resources, you can get a very good idea of how competitive your local government is with surrounding jurisdictions.
0: And I think that if if you want market data that includes any private sector competition that might be at play, you can get that through your economic development directors.
1: Yes, that's a great idea.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today, Leisha. I really appreciate your expertise in this area and being willing to share for the elected officials what they can do to help improve the local government workplace climate. Our guest has been Leisha DeHart Davis, faculty member here at the UNC School of Government and director of our Local Government Workplaces Initiative. I want to thank our incredible studio producer, Paul Bonner. If you like this podcast, you can like and subscribe to it on our website. We are also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. If you have ideas for additional topics, you can reach me at prossler at sog.unc.edu. That's P-R-O-E-S-L-E-R at... SOG.UNC.EDU